Welcome to the Connect Raleigh podcast, where you hear the stories, the people, and the places that make Raleigh, North Carolina the best place to live. As one of the most connected people in town, real estate and networking expert Chuck Belden leverages his connections to introduce you to all the reasons why Raleigh is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. If you've lived in Raleigh for years or are thinking of moving here, this podcast is for you. It's local, it's authentic, and it's time to connect you with your host, Chuck Belden. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Connect Rally podcast. I am so happy you're here. I'm very happy that I am here too. And um, man, just everything's going just pretty amazingly here in the triangle of North Carolina right now as we are getting a little bit into April. It is um, spring is in full effect right now. And um, the weather's great. The pollen is everywhere. You know, (laughs) if you're thinking about moving here to the area and you hear all these amazing reasons why you should move here, let me tell you one reason why you shouldn't. And it is bright yellow poisonous awfulness that will cover your car, your house, your clothes, your lungs. I mean, the pollen here in the south or in this area is just nuts. Like, I don't think I ever had allergies before I moved. Yeah, no, I never had allergies before I moved to North Carolina. Like, totally fine. Could breathe like a normal human being. Then all of a sudden, March hits and you live in in the Raleigh Triangle area and I'm sure it's other areas too but you know you live around here and all of a sudden boom it is just brutal and then a rain comes in a few days later and it's just like rivers of yellow (laughs) so that's why you shouldn't move here (laughs) but there's about 64,000 other reasons why maybe you should move here Um, and there are a whole lot of people moving here right now you know it is you know, I, nationally, I know there's a, a lot of doom and gloom going on with the real estate market. And there is talks all the time about what is, uh, you know, crashing or not crashing and mortgage rates going through the roof and inventory climbing and buyers slowing down, all that. You, you know what? That is true. I'm sure that is true. That's not exactly what's happening here. Um, for example, I'm working with some first-time buyer clients right now, and um, they've they've been looking for about a year, and they've made probably eight or nine offers on homes, all of them in multiple offers. And just today, we finally found them the one got our offer um, approved, agreed to. They're officially under contract to buy their first home, and it's been a wild ride. I just had a coffee meeting with another downtown Raleigh real estate agent. And we were talking how, um, even in this price point, there was a listing. She just had buyers go under contract on, um, about $1.3 million and it had eight offers on it. Like even in that price point. So, you know, I think, you know, the average sales price in our County right now is right around $400,000. If you're anywhere close to that or under that, it's ridiculously competitive. And as the price point starts to go up, I think that starts to thin out a little bit. But even at $1.3 million, eight offers on a property, like this is like what was happening over the last couple of years that everybody's telling you is not happening right now. So if you're considering moving to our area or you're considering moving within our area, 
you know, and, and again, this is neighborhood specific, area specific, price point specific, but generally speaking, we only have about a month's worth of inventory and things are going, if it's priced well, if it shows well, it's going to sell quickly. I mean, that's just what's happening. But anyway, enough about that. I don't even know how I got onto that. But um, I'm excited to bring you today's episode. It's been a long time in the making. Um, Danny and I met years ago, like 10, 15 years ago. And, um, you know, we've we've come, run into each other a number of times. We've uh, moved within similar circles at times and um, have tried to book this podcast a couple of times, going all the way back to like, November of 21 and finally finally just getting our our schedules in order where we can where we can sit down and have a conversation and uh, it's fun I mean Danny that's a wild ride just hanging out with him and talking with him as you'll see here in a minute the guy is the guy's awesome tons of energy he is super focused he is uh, a do-gooder a do-gooder with lots of energy and that's that's the best kind isn't it like you know like (laughs) do-gooder with lots of energy I mean come on you're going to do good. You might as well do really good. Um, Danny, he's the, he's the president of a brand merchandising agency called brand fuel. Um, they, they help with branding experiences, e-commerce, um, and they, and they, and they have a great time along the way. That's kind of what separates, separates him. Um, he's on the board of some local nonprofits. He's the co-founder of Band Together. Band Together is really cool. It's a big thing here in Raleigh that if you live in the area, you know about, or if you're coming here, you should know about. And it's a nonprofit that's donated over $12 million to over 100 local nonprofits through live music. Um, that's really, really cool. I love it. He's a family man. He's an entrepreneur. And again, a do-gooder with a whole lot of energy. So I'm excited to bring you this conversation Please stick around for the whole thing. Danny's a great guy. And then connect with him. You know, check out all of his places online. You can find him on LinkedIn at Danny Rosen, on Twitter, Danny Rosen. Um, you can find his business website at brandfuel.com. You can also check out bandtogethernc.org. And in this episode, he made a really big announcement to what's happening coming up this fall with the Band Together event. And so, um, Although this happened uh, a couple weeks ago, this might be the first time you're hearing it. So it's super exciting. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for uh, giving the Connect Raleigh podcast a listen and sharing it with your friends and uh, anybody that loves to call this place home or is considering calling this place home. And, you know, without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation with my buddy, Danny. Danny Rosen, welcome to the podcast, my friend. How are you? Oh, great, Chuck. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been, um, you know, I, I was trying to think back when you and I first met and um, I think it goes back to like 2009, 2010, we met briefly way back when we were running in some similar but different circles and trying to do some things together. And over the years, I've just, you know, followed a little bit of your journey and your, but your name kept coming back up, you know, uh, I've done this podcast now for a couple of years now. And just recently, um, Angelique Bolding suggested that you should be on the podcast. If I remember correctly, what did she say? She said, you're a do-gooder with a lot of energy. Oh gosh, that's such a compliment. Um, wow. That fills the soul. Um, someone told me I was a cosmic glue stick the other day. And oh I, man, that was, that's awesome. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And Angelique's amazing. We have, we have had, uh, the pleasure of kind of being the same person in a way. I think both of us have this, uh, this knack for, uh, marketing, 
and philanthropy and community and even we'll go see some live shows together music so bringing that all together i'm pretty happy yeah, yeah it sounds family, like and i'm extremely happy it sounds like you've tied all those things together for your like your your life's mission and purpose and career right i mean music and philanthropy and fun and community and all those things how did how'd you pull that off mm, starts uh, way back when back in the 80s uh i was a <laughs> I was a troublemaker, man. I had Chuck, I had so many demerits in my high school that uh, in junior high, I wasn't going to graduate on time. So I don't see that really. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm still uh, a prankster and troublemaker, but okay, um, I see that. I see that. I, I, yeah. I've converted the, that I think to good. And that's kind of where the start, story starts. It starts with me having to create a, a service organization when I was 15 years old to try and work through those demerits. And uh, so we created, created a club called the happy club. Uh, it was uh, it was destined to make people happy. Pretty broad mission, 15-year-old yeah. kid. Um, and, you know, we had some really interesting marketing stunts and got people involved and raised a little bit of money for some causes locally. That got the attention of Operation Smile International, Operation Smile, Happy Club. They said, hey, we've just started, uh, you know, doing this work around the world, repairing cleft lips and cleft palates on uh, children uh, to repair and create smiles would the happy club be interested in being basically our, our kids helping kids arm. And so a year later, I found myself uh, as a scrub nurse in the operating room in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, Wait, how old were you? I was 16 years old. No kidding. Yep. And, um, and that's the thing I'm confident got me into UNC Chapel Hill out of state, that story and that investment and, and kind of building out a, a kids helping kids platform for operation smile. I'm still involved after 40 years, which is crazy cool. Um, but my experience in doing those uh, philanthropic things with young people, uh, like Angelique said, high energy and very interesting things that were related to marketing, um, allowed me the confidence uh, with some other friends to start Band Together, uh, which happened uh, right after 9-11 and the response to 9-11, starting a nonprofit here locally that has raised over, uh, I think we're at $13 million now for wow. uh, hundreds of nonprofits doing the hard work in our communities and, um, you know, really to improve our communities. And and I, when I think about that, it's the power of it, you know, it's, these are concerts that we put on to raise money, uh, but the power is, is in partnering and collaboration. And in that um, African proverb, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so we partner with an organization or several organizations now to attack an issue in our community. This year is accessible housing and um, and affordable housing. And uh, we go after corporate dollars and show them, you know, a platform where they can have their employees get involved in volunteering, have tickets to see an amazing sold out show at Red Hat Amphitheater, 6,000 people, um, you know, cause marketing activities and things like that. And, uh, you know, I get to stand on a check, I stand on a check, stand on a stage and raise up a, a big fake for over a million dollars with um, some incredible people in our community uh, and deliver that to those that are doing the work in the nonprofit sector. And, uh, and it's, it's been, you know, joy of my life. I love that. What's, what's, what's the journey been like? If you think back to those early days, what was the, when was the first band together concert? So 9-11 uh, happened. We had the first concert October 3rd. So okay. we right after. acted pretty quickly. Uh, my friends and I got together and just tried to think of the best way to bring a community together. And I think at that time, uh, it was a little bit uncomfortable to basically throw a big concert party. Yeah. Um, but we felt like bringing the community together with the um, 
with a focus on our local uh, firefighters and policemen and women and giving them free tickets and recognizing them uh, at the show and having firefighters come down from New York City who've been doing the work up there to tell their story, uh, which is a great way to bring people together and have corporate sponsors and to say, this is tough times, so we need to come, come together as a community. And then thinking about, you know, the name Band Together it used to be, not many people know this, but it was called Band Together for Our Heroes. Oh. And so we're celebrating the heroes in our community. And uh, we dropped that and the whole band together, the double meaning with bands and banding together as a community is is really uh, stayed intact for man, 22 years. Crazy. You must have had a good branding expert to help with that name. <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, I had some something to do with that. Uh, Kristen Wall and some others in our community, um, you know, they saw what we were doing. They saw the group of people, much like the things that you've done here um, to bring people together. And they're like, I want to be a part of that. And uh, when people are willing to raise their hand and not only just um, say they want to do something, but show um, and those efforts from so many community members in kind and, and obviously the cash helps a lot. But those in kind contributions and the volunteer hours, the work, wealth and wisdom, time, treasure, talent, um, people just jumped in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously we're still around. So what are some of your like what? You got a memory or two. You could probably have a hundred of them, but what you got a memory or two from, you know, from band together concerts over the years that really stick out in your mind? Yeah. Um, a lot of, you know, we've done hundreds of shows now, but the main shows we've done, you know, about 25 of um, where we raise that kind of money. People ask me a lot of times, like, what was my favorite band uh, that I saw? Uh, and there are a lot of those, uh, but, but I kind of think about it in a little bit of a different light. Um, several years ago, we raised money for an organization called Kids Notes, and Kids Notes is uh, part of the El Sistema program, which essentially provides kids on the free and reduced lunch programs a way to get musical in uh, instruments as well as instruction 10 hours a week, which is pretty significant, mm -hmm. and travel to and from their homes. So these are kids that don't have you know parents that can get them to and from and some of them don't even speak english and their grades are not very good um, and that 10 hours that they're putting into this program with these kids you're starting to see some real um, uh, elevation of uh, test scores and families that are a little bit more invested in schools and so this organization is about kids and music which is perfect for band together as you can imagine and and there are times at the show six thousand people out there having a great time uh, you know, I'm, I can be backstage sometimes. I can be in the VIP area shaking babies and kissing hands. Um, but what I really like to do is I like to separate from all my friends and people that I know. And I just like to go into the crowd and to the sort of where the common people are in the mm -hmm. GA section and just kind of see what look around. And there was this guy uh, who was standing in between sections. He had his uh, arms folded and he was a lot taller than I am. I'm not very tall. So that wasn't saying a lot, but he was mm -hmm. really tall. And I remember um, watching him stare at the show um, where his kid apparently was on the stage playing in the Kids Notes Orchestra in that moment. And he was crying. He was mm. he was having an emotional moment. And um, and after it was over, I just said, are you OK? And he didn't know who I was and I still don't know who he is. But he just said that was my son up there. And I, man, I get choked up talking about it. Yeah, I'm feeling it right now. Yeah. He said, uh, you know, I was, when I was growing up, I was told I had to dribble a basketball or throw a football or, 
you know, I had to maybe sell drugs to get by. And, you know, this is sort of like stereotypical, but when he said it, it really hit home for me. He said, my son's on stage with the violin right now. And mm. uh, there's so much hope and promise for him. And I thought that's what it's all about right there. Yeah. That, that one impact, that one life and uh, the power of music and community uh, coming together. I love, I love, love, love that memory. Um, what uh, What's in store for this year? I mean, this is coming up here in the next few months. Yeah. Are you excited about this year? I, I get excited about everything all the time. So hell yes. Um, <laughs> all the time. Everything. All the time. Excitement. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my, my wife loves and hates that about me. Right. Um, my kids too. Uh, so we got an announcement that just came out this morning. We're really excited about, um, we have inked a uh, four time Grammy winner, Jason Isbell and the, oh. the 400 unit. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's big news because, yeah. uh, Jason's a prolific songwriter and, uh, he's someone who really speaks from the heart. He speaks, uh, speaks his mind as well. He's willing to stand for something and risk everything. Um, he is really focused on this housing crisis in America. So there's great alignment there. We'll be announcing some supporting acts along the way, but, um, the, uh, pre-sale code is weather veins this week. Uh, so make sure you get that in the show notes. Um, people will get access to tickets now. Uh, and the event is October 7th. We are partnering with the United Way, uh, the Triangle, super innovative uh, organization. Um, they've really changed things up over there. Eric and team have been amazing. Um, we're going to raise over a million dollars and we're going to do it for, uh, again, accessible and affordable housing. Um, it'll probably be about, we're still going through the vetting prof process for the nonprofits that are applying for funds. And there will be approximately 20 nonprofits focusing on housing. So it's not just building housing. Uh, for families, it's housing is such a broader issue, um, you know, feeding people, getting people jobs, getting people furniture, you can go on and on about, you know, mental health challenges and things like that. And so a lot of these su supporting nonprofits will collaborate together in this $1 million raise. And, uh, you know, we'll celebrate, you know, again, hoisting up that big big check on, on stage on, on October 7th. Maybe Jason will come out and celebrate with us. Oh man. I love it. I can't wait to, uh, I, I, I want to help. I want to contribute, you know, we'll get the word out through here clearly, but also just whatever we can do with our organization to, to support the event and Thanks, volunteer Jeff. or whatever we can happy to do so. And this, this isn't your full-time gig. I mean, you got other things going on, right? <laughs> you you got a business yeah, run, I, you got a family and yeah, all of it. I mean, you're, you're doing the same thing. I mean, I think we're all trying to find a way to, you know, fill your soul. Like I kind of got lucky with brand fuel, my company and band together and just being able to find those two things and build things that were able to intertwine a little bit and, and, uh, and fill my soul. But there are two people that work at band together, Hannah Parker, program manager, and then Thorne Dobbin Speck, who was the executive director. Those people get so much credit and Matt Strickland before and Fraley Marshall. And there, there are some people that have taken this dream that, you know, the co-founders had back in 9-11 and where we were raising 60,000 in the first year. And I was running it, you know, pretty much full time for about 13 years, trying to juggle all the things, like you mm -hmm. said, I always said, I'd get, if I got divorced, it would be about you know, over band together. So not, not a bad thing, but not a good thing either. Yeah. Um, but at, at year 13, we created a path to invest in uh, band together by hiring these great people. And so we went from raising a half million to a million and never looked back. And so there's just a, you know, for people listening, invest in your nonprofit, invest in quality people, give them great tech resources and and all the things that they need to build capacity within an organization. Um, I, I, we used to look at overheads a lot back in the day, how much you know, nonprofits overhead was. I think now we sometimes see that as a benefit if you're 
you know, you've got higher overheads, but you're raising more money, you know, you can kind of look at it from that perspective. Oh, yeah. Okay. So did you, I'm going to kind of go off topic because I don't know much about your backstory. Like, did you grow up here or did, where, where are you from originally? Yeah, I'm from uh, the Norfolk, Virginia area. I okay. went to a, a school there called Norfolk Academy. Um, and uh, I just acted out a lot. I was literally pranks and getting in trouble. I wasn't stealing, cheating and lying. It was, uh, it was PDA and pranks. And <laughs> I was, hey, if you're going to go down, those are good ones to go down for. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, someone said you've gone from a prankster to a philanthropist. I guess there's some truth in that. Um, I think, you know, that school gave me an opportunity to kind of find my path. And UNC Chapel Hill was another place where I was able to do the same. And and those things built a, a really good opportunity. You and I talk about networking. Like if, if you can build a strong network with good people, um, you know, you carry that with you and develop those relationships over time. This idea of banding together becomes um, really a, a, I don't know, just a living, breathing statement, uh, which I'm, I'm super proud of. Yeah, you should be. You know, when it comes to networks, one of the things I think about all the time is, you know, I, at the end of the day, like when I'm looking back on my life and I'm hopefully much, much older on my, you know, deathbed, if there is such a thing for me, you know, I'm going to remember the relationships. I'm going to remember the people and the, the you know, the, 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 hopefully that's what I want to remember all the time I spent with all these different relationships. I'm not going to remember the time, you know, in my business, you know, real estate, I'm not going to remember the house I sold or this or that, but I remember the the family and I remember the people and, and that's what I focus on every single day. And that's, what's really important to me too. It's just about trying to like, I love this community and I want other people to love this community and I want people to see what I find special in it and why I do this podcast is so they can see and hear what you find special in it. So what kept you here? Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> certainly um, this, this growing area, um, you know, so I, I got here in 85 and um, so I've been here for a long time. I think there's just such an amazing group of uh, like you and I were talking about people here who are willing to say yes and, and, uh, and willing to maybe, um, and lend a hand and support each other. Um, I, I've seen this in uh, the marketing community with the American Marketing Association coming together and, and really supporting each other. I've seen it in the nonprofit community. You know, Maggie Kane and I have a little organization we we started called Community Leaders Drinking Coffee at a place at the table. Um, now it's all virtual, although we're doing some physical events, but watching the nonprofit community support each other um, and trying to create a, a better place a uh, better place than, than for, for the future generations than, than we have it. And I, I see that investment. I see the, um, the, the, I don't know, I guess it's a sense of help and caring. And, um, and of course, certainly great schools, you know, weather's not so bad. Um, you know, there's just not too much wrong with this area. It's fairly safe. I want to keep, like you said, I want to, I want Raleigh and the triangle to be better because I'm in it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, band together is, is kind of an anecdotal to that. Um, but, you know, raising kids here and hoping that they come back um, to this really cool area that's growing is something that's also a dream. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, let's just address the elephant in the room. My phone keeps blowing up. I apologize for that. Hopefully I'll be able to edit that out. If not, <laughs> it is what yeah, it is. Well, good. You're, we're all, things are going on, man. It's happening in Raleigh. It has been, and it feels like it just kind of woke up in the past 10 days or so in in my in in my in my little world things have just gotten a little bit different here in the last couple of weeks there's there's maybe it's the 
spring almost being here or we thought spring was here last week and then winter came back this week i don't know what it is but things seem to be waking waking up a little bit um maggie and a place at the table that that both of those come up often on this podcast just you know as i ask people some of their favorite places to go i can't even count how many times a place at the table gets mentioned and you've got some involvement there other than what you were just talking about with the, uh, with the conversations you and Maggie have started around the nonprofits. You are, you're on that board as well. Is that right? I am. And I'm in my fourth of uh, six years. I'll be, you know, going out of the boardroom in a couple of years, I'm sure kicking and screaming. It's been um, a, a real joy. And I just, I think there, there's a couple of thoughts there that I have outside of Maggie being amazing. The board's incredible. The staff, they're doing some really hard work. There's, there's, there's some real mental health challenges in our community. And, um, and I think, you know, you think about providing dignity or just something, you know, as, as easy as a meal to someone who's going through something tough, uh, you know, every day, it's, it's just a tremendous place um, that you can go. I always say there's more hugs per capita in that cafe than in any cafe or restaurant in the world. Mm. It's a really special place, but you know, the, a couple of takeaways, you know, for, for people who are maybe new in town and, you know, and you're thinking about um, getting involved, um, you know, raise your hand, go down there and, and volunteer, um, meet the other volunteers, keep coming back, um, get invested in what's going on at the place at the table or other nonprofits. Such a great way to, you know, meet people and, and also do something that's important in a community where you live. Um, and then, you know, from a sort of a corporate standpoint, um, you know, if you're a part of a company, uh, you know, this is my marketing and philanthropy hat, you know, on here, I would say, you know, get involved in these organizations that are um, local. Um, these are really great things for you to do because, um, you know, there's a moral imperative there for sure. Um, you know, and I think even more importantly, it's it's a great way to look at how you may or may not, you know, attract and retain talent. Um, that investment um, that, that these organizations can make and these for-profit organizations can make and nonprofit organizations like a place at the table and band together. So get invested as a company and think about social impact and how to become, you know, a, um, a social entrepreneurial organization. You know, there's cause marketing, conscious entrepreneurship. There's all kinds of different things that you can do. I look at three, two, one coffee, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, that's today is three, two, one day. So it's March 21st. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah. And they're doing some really interesting celebrations there around their work. I mean, that's a for-profit organization that feels like a non-for-profit because of how they are employing people um, who have special abilities. Gabby's Grounds, another organization I'm involved in, um, you know, they're, they're selling coffee, but they're also doing um, kidding and packaging um, activities you know, leveraging the power of these these people with special abilities that wouldn't have otherwise had jobs had they not created, you know, a, a organization like that in our community. It's it's powerful stuff. I um, we had Lindsay Reg on the on the yeah. podcast last year, the year before, and hearing her story and what they've done with three two one coffee is it's amazing, and I absolutely love it. And it's nice to see um, just how much more impact they're able to make right now. I love what they're doing. Yeah, they're growing. They really they're, are because the community's accepted and yeah. supporting them. And so um, these social enterprises are are important to the fabric of, of our communities. And they're great stories. And from mm. a marketing perspective, these are just special places to go and check out when you come to this amazing area we live in. 
I agree. I agree. I'm so glad that both of those get mentioned with a lot of regularity on here. I think it means that we are uh, we're communicating with the right people on here, or I'm I'm trying to surround myself with the right people because those are the people that I want to spend time with that um, are listing places like Three Two One Coffee, a place at the table, and just this year. I was looking for a way to give back. I've been trying to find a fit for myself. And I, you know, and one of the things I was told a while ago is similar to what you just said. It's like, hey, if you want to get involved, just go down to place at the table, just start there, do something. And I constantly tell people that as well. But I had, I wanted to do something that also, on top of that, I was looking for something that aligned with some of the things I'm passionate and excited about and really grateful that I just, um, just became a board member of the Capital City Clauses. So I'm really excited to be working with them this year. So much fun. And that is that's kind of like band together to me. I mean, it feels like Capital City Clause is a fairly young group, super involved and invested, and they're having fun. They're leveraging the power of fun. And fun is contagious. Yeah. Right. So, you know, as you start thinking about, you know, what nonprofit you want to be involved in or what nonprofit you want to start, you know, Capital City Clauses, band together. You think about the Krispy Kreme challenge where you run two miles, eat yeah. a dozen donuts, <laughs> run two miles back. Like create fun and energy yeah. and who needs another golf tournament? You know? That's it. Although I do like golf, but yes, you're right. Let's get some fun around it. I mean, like that's the way I approach my work too. If my work's not fun, I'm not going to want to keep doing it. And you know, on those days where, you know, maybe it's a little bit harder to get out of bed than, than it, it should be. Like if it's fun, it's just easier. Yeah, I agree. It's funny. You could take your golf tournament, kind of flip it on its head a little bit. And so let's say you're supporting a a nonprofit with kids, uh, like Kids Notes, for example, instead of doing a golf tournament, which may not be completely inclusive and not everybody plays golf, yeah. but everybody should or can, I hope, play putt-putt. Yeah. Um, so why not pair up with a kid and get to know the kid, mentor the kid for you know a dozen or 18 holes and uh, spend some time that way um, doing something that's a little bit fun that's also golf. Yeah, that's a great one. And I think you know, I, I feel again, maybe it's the people I'm surrounded with, but there's there's two things that really stand out to me about our community here in in, in the Raleigh area. And one is this this collaborative entrepreneurial vibe that happens where, you know, there's such a strong entrepreneur community here in Raleigh. And for the most part, at least the ones I know and I'm surrounded by, it's very collaborative. It's not, you know, me versus you. It's not cutthroat, even people in similar industries, seems like people are very willing to lend a hand and to help out. And I love that part about living here. Yeah. I, I don't know what the the tagline is for Raleigh, but there is something uh, about being welcoming and open and being helpful and caring. Um, there's so many great things about this area, but I, but I, I hope we can figure out a great tagline around that because that is a great thing to live up to. Like caring is a great strategic plan for, for our city. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. Well, you're, you know, you're the brand guy. So figure that out and let me know what I you will. come up with. <laughs> I'll give it some thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to know about some of your favorite things to do around the area. I mean, you're a family man and you've got, you know, you're married, a couple of kids. You've been here for a minute or two. What are some of your favorite things to do around Raleigh? Like, do you, uh, you know, if you and your wife get a date night, where, where are you going? Yeah, it's interesting. So, I mean, I, without beating up the table, I would just say like our family volunteers at a place at the table. Oh, nice. um, my daughters and my wife are really invested in Carol's Kitchen. Um, and so they all volunteer there. Let me ask uh, you this. At what age did you start that with your kids? Uh, so you're supposed to only start when they're 15, I think is like the, so I'll just say 15. <laughs> That's my answer. Um, we've, we've been involved in um, 
and doing volunteer work with our kids as long as I can remember. Yeah. And, I mean, anything, anything that we can do that they would be willing to do. Nowadays, they bring their friends along for the ride. So there's a nice ripple effect there. Um, it's less family, more you know, extended family in that regard, but I'll take it. Uh, I And I just think showing them, you know, sort of how fortunate they are um, and, and that, you know, there's, a again, an imperative that they should, you know, live their lives in a way that um, is focused on, you know, giving back in some context, whatever yeah. you know, tugs their heartstrings. I, I couldn't agree more. I love that. Do they uh, participate band together or do they come as uh, yeah. um, as uh, as concert goers or as volunteers? Yeah, it's funny. I have, I have some really fun pictures of the girls when they're really little, little two and three, like staring up at the stage when, you know, we were setting up and, and then they started coming to some of the shows and bringing their friends. Nowadays, they volunteer at the show. And um, that is like soul filling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure they understand the context of it all, maybe. But um, I, so as an aside, we, we took on a Ukrainian kid who lives with us now. Oh, wow. She, yeah, a boy who's just turned 18 and he was going to have to fight in war and his parents had to make that hard decision to send him away so he wouldn't have to fight. And we raised our hand and we got this program called United for, UK- for Ukraine. And um, there are a lot of things that almost had us not pushing the go button. Um, you can talk yourself out of something like that very quickly. Oh, yeah. But uh, his name's Nikita. And Nikita was, um, I, I, we got him up on the front row. And when I was standing on stage with the United Way people and the nonprofits, the band together folks, and we're all there hoisting up this big check. He, uh, a friend of mine was standing right next to him and he had just moved in with us like within two weeks. And he's just like, what's going on? Concert, this cause. And, uh, you know, this young kid who's completely impressionable and had been in a very war torn community. Um, and uh, he just looks up there. He goes, I know that guy. I, I know him. <laughs> I know him. I thought, how great was that? Um, but uh, yeah, get them involved, get those kids involved as early as you can. Um, you asked about the date night thing. My wife and I, Nicole, we go do a lot of date night stuff. She's into kind of more high society. I'm more into uh, hot dogs at the ballpark. Um, she'll she want to go to the nicest new restaurant that's in town. And, uh, and I love that as well. So I'll just, you know, I will tell you that if an ideal date might be something like going to Dick's Park. Mm-hmm. And and picking up some sushi, you know, from one of the great sushi restaurants and just going down there and spreading it out and having some some drinks at Dick's, maybe making a walk around, bringing our dog with us. If the girls will meet up with us, great bonus. Um, that's a nice date night these days. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, keep I mean, there's such a beautiful area. And so I think we'd we'd like to be outside. Uh, but, you know, live music, she loves it as well. She's more of a big, big box kind of kind of girl she'd rather go see Beyonce or Lizzo or you know Justin Timberlake um for me I will just tell you you know places support we've got to support our local um live music venues we've lost a lot um over COVID and and so um don't you know invest in one the venues and two the bands uh, buy the merch you know come and spend some money at these local places that are bringing so much culture to our area I just it would crush me if if bands like Rainbow Kitten Surprise or Greta Van Fleet or the Lumineers, all bands that I saw in 200 venue places like Local 506 and the Poor House and Kings, and then and now they're playing at PNC Arena, um, we've got to have those opportunities to support the music and local music, recording studios. Um, you know, Lincoln Theater is amazing. And we've lost so many. Seagrace just went away. It's, it's heartbreaking. Oh. And so um, 
you know, support those local venues. That's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are, if you got any more room um, and you're looking for a, a 48 year old, you know, to take under your wing also as a, you know, as a, as a son or something, man, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for a new gig. Oh, come on. Yeah, in. let's go. Hey, man, yeah. there's so much great stuff going on here. I, there's a band I saw uh, recently, an opening band. I always say never, never miss the opening act. Um, you just, Agreed. you know, you never know who you're going to see that's up and coming. But um, Danielle Ponder, uh, if, if you like um, Brittany Howard uh, from Alabama Shakes, some funk and soul, a little yeah. gospel. Yeah, uh, she'll make you cry. Uh, it's that kind of music. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, all right. Let me, let me ask you this, you know, so going off of some of your favorite places around here in town, it, say you weren't, say you weren't in town for a weekend, say you were gone and, but you happened to have somebody that you knew that was coming to town for a weekend. You weren't going to be here and they were asking you, what should they do? Like, what would you tell them top four or five things that would give them a really good impression of, uh, as what, what Raleigh's like, or get, get a good feeling for the vibe. Yeah. Well, I've, I first start with like uh, the colleges and college campuses and um, the Triangle area. I mean, you've got Duke Gardens and you've got, mm. you know, all these amazing places at NC State and UNC that you can go and travel and just walk around those campuses. I don't think um, it's I think we take it for granted that we have these amazing yeah. colleges here and other ones, uh, you know, seven, eight major universities. So I think I would start there. There's always some surrounding, you know, gems of places around those college towns. Um, so I think getting outside, staying on that track, Umstead and uh, Dick's Park uh, and, and get on a, you know, a bike, a Citrix cycle, go ride around, ride on the greenways. Um, that's a great way to see things and pit stop along the way. Um, you know, we're so lucky I'm, to have that. that I know, system. We are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think most people are probably answering with restaurants and, and things like that. I, I just I'm going to go to experiences. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll send I'll throw one out there into the universe, too. Um, there's two things that happen monthly uh, now. One's called Creative Mornings, and the other one. Can I cuss on your your podcast? Absolutely. Okay, good. Anything you the want. Other, the other one's called Fuck Up Nights. I like um, that. And so I'm always looking for um, things like Creative Mornings and Fuck Up Nights, where stories are being told by people in our community um, around things that are important to um, inspire you to think differently, maybe to you know, understand how important vulnerability is and connection with people and being honest and open with them to connect with people. Those are two uh, events that happen here that I really um, would suggest. Are those are those events open to the public or how do people find out about those? Yeah, they're open to the public. Um, and, you know, if you're in town, it's a great way to meet some of the area's most creative individuals and um, and hear stories uh, that are not, you know, uh, Netflix mini docuseries of real world stories of people that are going through difficult and important and um, opportunistic times. There's a lot of really cool things that are happening here that you hear from, you know, future leaders in those types of events. Um, Innovate Raleigh is another great, you know, organization, but also they put on a big summit. You know, how do you hear what the future of this city is? You get involved in something like that. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> why would somebody not move here? I mean, yeah. Why would somebody not move here? Like, is there a reason? I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I don't know. It gets kind of hot sometimes. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, rednecks. You know, I just, yeah. just any, you know, nothing further from the truth. Um, people are thoughtful and, you know, they're well educated and, and uh, they're trying to make a difference here. And, and I just, you know, there's a lot of um, great opportunity. My daughter is going through a, 
through college search right now. And, um, and we keep talking about like, what is the best college? And sometimes you think about colleges as it is pertains to um, in the cities where these colleges are and what opportunities, whether that's internships or opportunities after college to stay in that area to continue to work for companies that are there and to see bands that are coming through town, to see, you know, and experience some of the best restaurants in the world in your backyard right here in Raleigh. I mean, yeah. NC State, what an amazing gift to NC State. I mean, it, I think those things are connected very well, but NC State's one of their key talking points has to be the amazing Raleigh that it lives in. It's, you know, it, it, I sort of ended up here by chance and I'm so glad that I did. But when I was, when I came here, I came here from, my, my journey was interesting. Um, I lived in Vail, Colorado for eight years, really small mountain town, right? Yeah. It was just tourist, you know, but in the summer there was nobody there. It was just this teeny tiny mountain town. I moved from there to Baltimore, Maryland, like the exact opposite, yeah. you know, of everything you could think of in Baltimore, just busy, lots more people, traffic, all the things. And it was just too much for me. And then I moved here and I was like, oh, this is this is nice. It's a nicer pace. It felt slow to me in the beginning after coming from Baltimore. But I have just fallen in love with the pace of life here, with all that we have. I mean, we literally have all the amenities of big city living without yet <laughs> a lot of those inconveniences and troubles. I mean, there, we still have our own issues that we're working through, but it's it's not that bad. And the biggest thing and the reason why I love it the most is just this community the people, the relationships I've made, the people I continue to meet. It's unlike any place else I've been. And I'm just really grateful to be here. And I, you know, I, I'm in this weird, maybe sort of dichotomy where I want to tell everybody about it, but I also want to, well, keep it a little bit of a secret. <laughs> yeah. I I am with you a hundred percent. Yeah. The, the attrition that I what was it 69 people move here every day. Is that yeah. what the staff is? Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about um, the welcome basket, you know, and I, and I mean that kind of metaphorically, um, you know, you get your coupon to uh, Lowe's or Home Depot when you move here or whatever, but you know, what should be in the welcome basket when you move to Raleigh, you know, and, and I've even thought and talked to um, Christopher Chung about this, who, you know, he's, he's essentially the person who helps attract and retain, um, you know, corporations that want to move to the state of North Carolina. And so what should be in, in the welcome basket instead of just doing an offset for taxes or, you know, you know, the cost of money. But it just I think there's an opportunity to get um, companies that are moving here and the people that come with them more connected into the fabric of our communities by giving them, you know, um, subsidized tickets to the hurricanes, to um, to the museums. You know, start thinking about these areas. You know, the baseball teams, certainly sports, the theaters, they, we need mm -hmm. butts and seats. These are yeah. empty seats in some cases. Uh, you know, how do we get new people who move into town? Uh, maybe it's an offset to the company. They get, you know, tax basis credits, but also maybe they're getting, you know, 100 seats in the, in the Hurricanes Arena, a block that their company can bring their uh, employees and their families to come to, you know, the games and, and the, the state or the city underwrites that cost. For a period of time yeah. to get them more invested right away part of the fabric right and i just think there's something there i think that's a great idea um i i love that um see what i was as you were thinking about I'm like what can be my welcome basket to people that are moving here from from out of town and i think i think i can do a better job of giving them a greater insight greater experience into into living in the city i think that's a wonderful idea good thinking on that man you're smart 
Well, I think they're, they're, they're the boomerangs. People are going to come here, and if they don't feel connected to community, whether they find it in church or the food yeah. or music, whatever it may be, um, you know, they're going to leave. And uh, that's not good for those companies, and it's not good for this area. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a little bit of churn in your business, which is probably good because you're selling some houses. But, I, you know, I think we're looking to um, create some stickiness here with people, yeah. help them find their place in this community and yeah. make them feel welcome. Well, that's, you know, that's actually how I see my role. I think it's the the way I often explain it, just because I don't want to be confusing. If someone asks me what I do, I'm, I say I'm a real estate agent, but really what, what I do is my, my goal is to help people fall in love with their community, whatever that community is, help them find their tribe and fall in love with it and then get invested in it. And then, oh, well, yes, it comes, here's your house. I'll help you figure all that piece out. But it's so much bigger than that to me. And it's just kind of hard for me to explain that in a, you know, a 30 second elevator pitch. But maybe yeah. I need some branding help with that. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. I think you've got it down pat. You know this area. You're invested in it, and I think people sniff out someone who's just trying to, you know, trying to sell a house for a dollar. Yeah. Uh, and someone who's really, really cares and and yeah. wants them to feel like they found the right home in their right community. I, I think it's super smart. Man, I hope so. And I, I really enjoyed this conversation. You know, I connect to you on on multiple levels. I re- I hate that we've not you know, had more of these conversations off air. We don't need to do them all on air. We can, if you want, but, um, because I mean, I, I just, so much of, I think who you are as a person, your character traits, I think resonate with, with, I think who I am or who I want to be. You know, I'm, I believe strongly just like you do in, in the power of community. Um, uh, I'm an eternal optimist. I think much like you, um, I think you mentioned at one point that, uh, um, you've never met somebody you didn't hug or something like that. And I'm like, I'm the constant like underdog rooter honor. Like I love a good underdog story. And so similar, like if we go to a place to eat, my wife and I, like we're in there for three hours because yeah. I'm talking to every single person. She's like, we can't go anywhere. <laughs> and so I think we probably share some similar things. There. Yeah. There's no doubt we do everything you said. That, that is, that is me. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, I appreciate you taking your time to uh, come on the podcast and share a little bit about who you are and your journey and your story and what, uh, you know, so much about what you love here living in the triangle. And so thank you very much. Yeah, Chuck. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. If you've enjoyed this episode, please visit us at connectraleigh.com. The Connect Raleigh podcast connects you to the amazing people and places of Raleigh, North Carolina. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with our guests and with Chuck. Be sure to rate this podcast, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're currently listening, share it, and leave us a review. Thank you for connecting with Connect Raleigh.